Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of God. Hello there, it's Rick. I'm with you tonight for the Presence Podcast, and I'm here with episode number 157. It is early Thursday morning because it's close to one in the morning, but I'm here to talk to you to tell you all about Wednesday, which was yesterday, June 6th, and it is late, so I'm going to try to keep it short, and I am tired. Fortunately, I don't have to get up regular early time tomorrow. I don't need to be at school till 10 o'clock for our year-end faculty meeting and luncheon, but uh, I do have some things to do, so I probably will get up somewhat early. It's not quite summer yet, but it is on the horizon. I'm happy to be with you tonight. I'm just happy to be sitting. It is a little bit cool out here on the screened-in porch slash patio that I call Shalom or Serenity Place. And um, boy, it's been a busy day. Grades are due tomorrow morning. So that's what I spent most of my uh, afternoon and evening doing, grading. And that's actually where I experienced God's presence. So come on here. Make sure you have long sleeves on. It's definitely a good night for them. And uh, come join me and I'll tell you all about how I kept my eyes, my ears, and my soul open today and experienced the presence of God. So you might have noticed the episode title, Purple Pen. Hmm. Now, you might wonder, am I an aficionado of colored pens? Now, the answer to that is mm, sort of, maybe. Now, I do like markers as much as the uh, anyone uh, for a while a few months ago, six months or so ago, I was really into the adult coloring books and I bought myself a set of kind of fancy art markers and I, a couple different sets of colored pencils and my first ever personally owned box of Crayola's big box with, you know, all those fancy colors that pretty much look alike, <laughs> but have different names. I did all that and uh, haven't done it recently, the coloring thing. Um, just been too busy and also um, f- have also felt more like reading than coloring. And uh, maybe I'll shift back to the coloring thing. But um, right now, it's uh, they, they're kind of gathering dust, all of those. So I do like colored pens in a very specific way. Now, do I write in colored pens when I do my uh, grading or when I do the fairly limited actual writing that I do these days? Uh, yeah, actually I do. Um, when I was writing this podcast each day, which you've probably noticed I haven't done for quite a while, I uh, was using colored pens and each day I'd use a different color and, and that was kind of fun. I enjoyed that. Um, also, I've different trips to the dollar store, which is uh, one of my favorite places to shop because get this, everything there cost a dollar. At least some of them, that's the way it works. Others of them, it's just a discount store. But the true dollar stores, it is, everything is a dollar. So I found at one of those dollar stores a set of colored pens, retractable pens, you know, with the little pushy plunger thing on them. And um, I've been using those. And that's that's kind of fun, you know, to write a note in uh, a different color when I'm sending a kid off to class, you know, with the, the pass to get into the next class. Oh, I think I'll use 
pink today. You know, something like that. But purple pen has a very specific and meaningful connotation to me. And I don't use it that often. And the one that I have is not one I got at the dollar store. It's one I got at the Office Max and paid a little more for it. It's one of those semi-fancy pens. You know, it's it's one of the uh, maybe $3 pens, you know, instead of the uh, $0.75 cents or $0.25 cents pens. But uh, it is purple and it is retractable, which I, I do like the retractable types of pens. And the significance that it has for me is purple was the color of my teacher, my mentor, my friend, actually, after high school, Mr. J.R. Friss. Now, Mr. Friss is someone I don't think I've talked about yet on this podcast, and I miss him, quite frankly. Um, he was my teacher junior year of high school. I don't teach juniors. My wife uh, does teach juniors, and I have to remember that that was a significant year for me. A lot happened that year. And Mr. Friss was my English teacher. And uh, I, I didn't particularly like him. And the reason was simple. He made me think. He challenged me. He made, pushed me in my writing and um, always was, was telling me and, the, and, and my classmates, show, don't tell in our writing. And had a very low tolerance for fluff and for... Um, just meaningless um, things in writing or in speech. Um, he cut a very dramatic figure. He uh, was tall and slim and had uh, white hair and a bushy white mustache. Looked very much like Mark Twain with maybe shorter hair and less of a mustache. But um, junior year, it was, it was tough. I, I really did not care for him. But I think he saw something in me and I sensed something in him and senior year rolled around and um, I registered I had some room in my schedule and I registered to be his teacher's aide and this was a time once a day for one period I would do the TA things for him photocopy punch holes staple you know put grades in the grade book you know all those little TA high school TA things but most significantly he and I would, would talk and he would um you know, we wouldn't talk for a long time. He was busy after all, but it gave me a chance to get to know him and to talk to him and to to share with him what was going on in my life and to begin trusting him with, with who I was and, and who I saw myself as. And I think he always saw more in me than I saw in myself. You know, when I was in high school, I I tried to be very social and I tried to, you know, be you know, kind of popular and not really work hard or study in my classes and kind of take the easy way out in, in a lot of things. But he saw more in me and I think always was encouraging me to, you know, to, to take academics more seriously, to maybe be less um, interested in, in, you know, what the popular popularity, what the masses think, because he did not have a lot of um, respect for the herd and the way the masses thought. You know, he saw the world differently. And I think he saw the potential in me to also see the world differently. Well, after I graduated from high school, he um, was still in my life and actually was um, fairly close to where I lived when I went to University of San Francisco. He lived in San Francisco and he, I think, had retired around that time. And 
I didn't see him that often, but I remember once or twice actually walking to see him from where I lived, which was, was kind of neat. And we had lunch. And, and then when my college graduation came around, he, uh, he was there. He came to my party and um, was, was involved with that. And we wrote letters and um, he was getting into email. And this was right around um, the um, mid-90s, mid to late 90s. And when I went to Boston, he was still, you know, he and I were writing and, and keeping in touch. And then when um, it came time for me to get married in, in 1999, um, my wife and I decided that we wanted special people in our wedding to present us with different gifts. And um, they were to bring up the Eucharist, uh, the, the gifts of the, of the bread and wine, and um, we asked Mr. Friss to, uh, if he could give us um, a plate, and he would bring the bread, and, um, and he did. And I've got a wonderful picture of the two of us, my, my wife and I, um, receiving this from him, and the big smiles on our faces, and, and it's just a, a really special um, photo that I have. And we continued to keep in touch, and, and um, I was not back in California at that time. I was in, in the New York City area, and then eventually upstate New York. And he was declining in health, and he was in a nursing home, but he was still emailing. And um, I could see that, that he was slipping, and um, even received kind of a few odd kind of emails from him that didn't really show, I think, his mental acuity was not strong anymore. And then, um, you know, I, I, I think I, at, the, at that point, I don't know that I valued my relationship with him as much as I do now. And um, I don't know that I really ever told him how much he meant to me. And especially as he was declining that, um, you know, that, that his friendship from, you know, 19... 87 all the way through, oh goodness, 20, 20, uh, you know, 2007 at least, and, and even later than that, 20 years, how much that friendship meant to me. Um, and then I got notice from his, I think it was his son or his daughter, that he passed away in the nursing home. And um, I was actually the one who went out onto Facebook and notified my classmates from high school about his death. Um, they hadn't heard, they hadn't kept in touch with him, but I had and told them about his death and um, was unable to go to the funeral. Of course, it was in California and I was New York or maybe Ohio by that point, but certainly sent my regards and, and thought about him. And, and I think about him a lot, actually, you know, wondering what he would say as he looked at the world right now and how sad he would be to see how little thought there is and how, you know, we're living in a world of alternative facts and, you know, just to see the meanness. He, he was such a kind person. And, and for me to, to get that when I was not such a nice high school junior and senior, I think it was important for me to see that. And, um, and I think he would struggle um, today. At the same time, I, I know he would be engaged. I know he would be involved. I know he would be encouraging the youth, like I try to, to be engaged, to be more kind, to be more loving. And um, every time I do that with my students, I, I feel that I'm carrying on that legacy and that, you know, he'd be proud of that. So I thought about that today as I sat on my porch, my patio, using this purple pen, 
final grading my finals and um you know preparing for the the end and being done and um just wondering um you know if if mr friss is there in eternity which i i'm a strong believer that eternity is not as far away from this realm of living than that we that we think i think that'll be a big surprise is how close eternity really is and how close those who have come before the the grand communion of saints how close they really are to us and um i imagine mr friss was there today as i sad and graded and and here tonight as i reflect on him and remember him and i thank god for him and i thank god that i can be like him to me perhaps to others to other students as well so to conclude and to go to bed here um what objects ordinary plain mundane even objects remind you of those significant people who have gone before and how do you honor their memory by using those objects and how is god present and how is the communion of saints present as we use as you use whatever object that might be so thank you for listening today and blessings and peace